0: All right, we're doing this today without any notes. You have some, but I don't have any. I had some, but they went away. So. That's true. But we yes. have so much to talk about. Hi, I'm Scott Farber, and this, of course, is our living legend from Memphis, former NFL player and current president of the NFL Players Association, Dallas-Fort Worth chapter. I know I'm missing something today from that resume. We'll probably I probably just it written friend is Scott Farber. And, and, and my, my good friend, he, of course, is Larry Mallory, host of The Extra Point on this network, yes, obviously co-host. Of the podcast, the Extra Point podcast here, Larry. There is so much to talk about. I really don't need notes, and I know you came here with all all of this football information. I know you're going to tear apart the Bears and Trubisky and everything in the middle of the season on this hundredth season. But first, you know I don't like talking about politics too much, because you know we don't like to upset the apple cart with people and everything, because you know we're we're just. People. We're not politicians. That's true. You know, we're just part of this. But um, it's getting difficult every day, isn't it?
1: Uh, it is.
0: It's, you know, it's a kind of
1: a very polarized environment. Uh, um, interesting enough, we went to the State Fair, my wife and I recently, uh-huh. and we took the train uh-huh. And it happened to be on the same day as they had a mega festival, a mega yeah. uh, celebration, rally, right? <laughs> a rally yeah, yeah, down yeah. at uh, American Airlines yeah. Center. So it was an interesting ride, <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the train. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a polarized environment right now, and it's almost like what team are you on? You know, yeah, the visitors of the yeah. home team.
0: And, and everybody is so angry, you know, both sides. And that's what I don't get: why we're so stirred up about all of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't. You know, that's a good point. I think that, you know. Why think, should we all be so angry?
1: Right. Well, on that ride to us well, going to the state fair and everybody right. else with 2020 Trump uh, right, things right. on, but there was a sense of, of cordiality. Right. You know, a lot of people. Thank goodness. Uh, thank goodness, honestly. And, and I think that what we capture in the media to push out to as many people as possible is that negative side is that challenging side right right i think there's another side to it and i think that even people that that have some degree of support for the present uh, system that we have in place all of them are not that totally happy about it i don't think and, right right and and what i liked about the situation that my wife and i were in because you know it was a pretty good crowd of people going down was the fact that people were cordial And people wanted to talk and not necessarily talk about politics, even though they were sitting there with a red hat on.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, you would like to think that if there was uh, a car wreck, that you wouldn't think, is he a Republican or is he a Democrat, before I decide to help him. Correct. You you know what I mean? And I think we still have the sense to go help, you know, a neighbor or a, uh, you know a stranger in time of need. That's a
1: great statement, Scott. I think American compassion is not dead.
0: Right, right. I
1: think it's still right. there, and I think right. that overall, the image, the history, the respect that we, we have as a nation will eventually come right well, back.
0: Well, yeah, you know what I, I related to, you know, um, um, you know, growing up in Chicago, going to a Cubs-Cardinal game, th- you know, when when I look out into the stadiums when the Cubs are playing, you see a lot of Cub fans wherever they're playing. Yeah. But when they play the Cardinals, there's plenty of Cardinal fans <laughs> at Wrigley Field. <laughs> right. And, I mean, you can't get a more bitter rivalry in baseball and the passion with fans, and yet you see the Cardinal fan sitting next to the Cub fan eating each yes. other's popcorn. Yeah. I mean, that's how I wish it could be for politics, where you could be on a different side, but you don't have to be so angry.
1: And I think that's an excellent example that you just presented. Well, you know, how somebody, teams come together, their yeah. fans come together. That's an excellent example. You,
0: you know, and about. you might really root for the Cardinals or really root for the Cubs, but when it's over, you look at each other and go, "Where do you want to go eat?" Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Above
0: all, you like football, right? And right. That's my key. Above yeah.
1: all, we love America, right? And America, right. to me, right. has to supersede the the president. Right.
0: And Michigan. whatever happens is going to happen and the politicians should be able to take care of it to take care of America for us. Right. And and this with getting the public so steamed up not about the politicians but it seems like at each other. You yeah. know, you know there's we're so divided. When you go to dinner now, you know, it's hard to talk about politics. Yeah. Because people just get so angry, you know, and all Give me your perspective that you were talking about. You know, because uh, as everybody knows, you lived overseas for many years, and you still have some friends overseas. Yeah. W- what are they telling you now?
1: Well, it's a tense situation for them because living overseas, um, you know, you're representing America, and in most people's eyes, historically, America has been that beacon of hope. Right. Right. right? Now, especially seconded pe- people that are living overseas, working for companies, just as I did there's a tenseness and a a sensitivity that they've never had. A lot of times when you second or you are an expat for a company in a foreign country, sometimes you bring your family with you as well. Right. So now there's a, and the people I've spoken to, there's a tenseness in regards to how they operate. You know, there's some things that Americans uh, are known for, like, in the world most people eat with the fork in the left hand versus the right hand. So now if you Americans eat with the right hand. Americans saying. eat with the right hand. And and you know we So you get spotted. You get spotted. Yeah. yeah. We we like space. Right. We tend to talk um, so that you can hear very right. loud. <laughs> right. Those things, those are elements of freedom. Those are elements of, of American freedom. Right. And when now they're displayed in foreign countries based upon all the things that's happening and all the impact that we're having on different countries, people are, people are a little concerned about their families and about their safety. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I, I imagine eventually it will um, get better. I think eventually whatever is the right thing to do, our politicians will do the right thing. Uh, um, it's, just, uh, it's just an interesting time. I keep telling my kids that we have never really seen anything like this that's going on. And I'm not, I'm not talking about Trump. Uh, I'm talking about, in the country, the people. Polarization. The polarization. Yeah. I mean, it really it really has gotten to the point where it bothers me. It, and, it
1: is and it's unnerving, Scott. You pull up next to cars and you're looking to see you right, know, right. who's next to you now. And it, it's just not the type of comfort that you right. and I grew up well, in. Well,
0: you know, I just remember one thing. Years ago, when uh, the Bush... Gore, outcome of that election was in the Supreme Court, and I happened to put on C-SPAN of all things mm-hmm. because they were doing uh, the hundred years of the White House, and I thought that would be interesting to see. So I flipped that on, and in the background, knowing that the Bush Gore thing is in the Supreme Court to decide who the president is going to be, there was Bill and Hillary Clinton sitting with George and Barbara Bush. And you think in your head, these are, you know, the arch enemies in the political world, at least in our mind. And they were sitting and laughing and patting each other. And I go, see, it's a lot of it is a facade behind the scenes. These people are friends. Now, of course, the Clintons and the Bushes did become good friends, which is great. You know, you can have differences in policy. But it just struck me interesting how we were also polarized then over who should be the president. And here's the. Outgoing president and his vice president is trying to be the president and <laughs> a former president whose son's trying to be the president. And yet they're sitting there and laughing and having a good time. Yeah. You know, so it kind of told me that how is it behind uh, the scenes with these guys that we think are so mean to each other? And, and, and that explanation is sort of the example that we all
1: live with our neighbors. Right. Right. You know, you, yeah. you, you can't control who lives next door to you. Right, right. So you can be nice to whoever next... Well, next, and,
0: and, <laughs> and people do get along because you do have a lot of other things besides politics. That's right. You know, to worry about. That's true. You know, and if you're a young guy, you got to worry about uh, how you're looking for the girl down the street. That's a good point. You know, so, you know, those are... Anyway, it's just a... It's a very interesting time. It is. That we're living through. And I think that's a good comparison you made
1: in regards to... all the, the fans? The, the Cardinals. the yeah, Cubs. The Cardinals and the Cubs. Uh, because we're about to go to the World Series, and I know oh, you like, like baseball. baseball, so...
0: Well, you know, you know somewhere, uh, you talk about these athletes and all the money they make, and Bryce Harper left to make his $300 million and whatnot, and he leaves, and Washington <laughs> and goes to the to World the series. series. So did that just really put a damper on some of these free agents now? Wow, great, that's a great, great segue. segue. But great segue, by the way, <laughs> right. yeah. and a great question. Yeah, yeah.
1: you know the baseball, um, the the negotiation for a baseball contract is so much different <laughs> than the negotiation for a football contract. Honestly, I wish I'd uh, I wish I'd met you earlier and I'd played baseball because you were a baseball guy more right, anything right. else. But I I think that the free agent environment and the way that they man- manage their union. The way that they take care of their former players versus an and active right. players, I, I mean, from a football perspective, we we support them. We we love it how the baseball and the basketball situation works, and we hope that with the upcoming CBA, that we have from a football standpoint, that we'll you know we'll move into that positive environment from a labor management yeah. perspective.
0: Now you got in the Larry issues with the NFL Players Association. <laughs> But you didn't answer the question. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, uh, you need to be running for politics. <laughs> you talk to <But>, <laughs> Yeah. So does, but, but do you think Bryce Harper leaving, getting all that money, and you could argue whether he deserved it or not, and, and, uh, and, and I say it's great if you can get the money. That's, that's right. We live in that capitalistic society, as you, as you always like to remind me. Um, but the Nationals won without him. Yeah. And they weren't winning with him, so I wonder if that's going to lessen some guy's bargaining power. How impo- you know? You know, I could see in golf, you're on your own. In tennis, you're on your own. In baseball, Harper could go four for four with two home runs and the team wins fifteen to two. Maybe those home runs weren't didn't matter. Yeah. And then they lose one to nothing the next day and he goes zero for five. Yeah. But at the end of the year, here's my stats and they're still pretty good. So, you know, then you got to look into, out of all those home runs, how many meant something. Yeah. You know, how many times does a guy hit a home run when the score's already 10 to nothing, and you go, what a laugher we got. Uh, you know, there's a two-run homer, it's now 12 to nothing. Yeah. You know, that home run really wasn't needed, but it counts on his stats. Oh, number 40. Yeah, that's it, true. You know, so I wonder, you know, if you really look into all of that, that should be like, how many times did you hit the? Now he did hit a game-winning grand slam against the Cubs. Yeah. Harper, I'm not. I'm not picking on Bryce Harper. At all. I'm just wondering if that's, that's going to be agency. a little bit of a damper on free agency.
1: Uh, you know, I don't. I don't really. I'll have to research that. I don't really have a, um, you know, a direct input on right, it. Right. Right. But I can say that um, in baseball, you know, the Texas Rangers are building a new stadium. Right. There's twenty thousand less seats in that stadium because more people are looking at the games on their equipment, social right. media and those kinds Pay of
0: Pay per view.
1: Pay per view. Yeah. And a lot of those owners now are either baseball or football owners. Right. So I don't really see that making that much of adjustments to the free agency environment because they their their revenue, revenue yeah. is basically protected based upon how they're looking at at society. Well, know. I
0: heard a few years ago the Yankees deal was like 500 million a year for the cable TV rights. Right. So with that kind of money coming in, you know, uh, the gate <laughs> is important, but that 500 million sure helps, I would think. Now,
1: I would think the gate might be uh, profit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. It's pure profit. Yeah, yeah,
0: you know, you know, that very, uh, very well could be. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the football, and, and you know, and and you know, we always mention the Bears. <laughs> I why we do that. Well, you know, I'm, I, and I think <laughs> yeah. back last year, as we all know, they, they hit the upright uh, and the crossbar on the final kick, you know, uh, not to win the playoff game. Okay. And there was a possibility that the Bears might have gone to the Super Bowl. And we, maybe not, but it doesn't matter. They were good. Yeah. Expectations this year was so high. How could Trubisky's play fall so far back? And I wonder... The fact that the offense doesn't stay on the field, does that mean the defense goes out there and goes, you know, I don't even give a shit?
1: That's a great question.
0: Because they didn't play well the last two weeks, the defense either. They started out okay, yeah. but they went back and maybe it's because they're on the field too long because they sure were. Or is it, you know, why am I gonna put the extra effort in, the extra mile in? How does that, How does that play in the locker room when the defense is doing great and the offense is horrible?
1: Well, you know, with only 16 games a year, right? The I think one of the attractions of the NFL is how fast it adjusts itself. Every week you get a scouting report from a team, right? You make the adjustments that's required to play that team, right? Right? And so either either the Bears are not making the type of offensive adjustments that that negates a defensive success uh. or opposite. Because number one, we, we talked about it, uh, the Bear has a, Bears have a good defense. In fact, I thought the defense was the strength of the organization. But Khalil Mack came into the Bears, which, which was an excellent addition. But at some point, you're not gonna let one player control you for 16 games. They're gonna figure out a way
0: well, to take course.
1: Khalil Mack out of the out of the game. Well, it's
0: even like Colin Kaepernick. His very first game he played was against the Bears, and he just tore them apart mm-hmm. because he brought a whole new element to the game with the running, you know, and everything. But teams started watching game films, and as the season wore on, he just wasn't running for thirty yards. Exactly. You, you know. So yeah, the adjustments are made, but but with the Bears, it's deeper. We were watching Shrubisky miss wide open receivers. Right. You know, and is it a lack of confidence? Is he reading and hearing all the press going on around him? Is it the locker room where you hear grumblings? I mean, tell me, when you were in the locker room, you know, um, how did the offense and defense always get along?
1: Well, and, and I was in a locker room where our offense was pretty poor
0: and our defense was the strength. Oh man! You, the, just, if, if, you if got it, a bunch of guys that just got mad at you now. Well, not no, no, really. no. But then, well, but not it, really, because yeah. when that happens,
1: what happens in a good leadership locker room right. is that whatever team is playing the best, they attempt to help that other to help that team play better. Yeah. And yeah. they do that in practice. Yeah. It's a team sport, and it's not—it's not an offensive and a defensive <laughs> locker room. It's one locker room. So there's more pressure sometimes in the locker room than it is by the coaches on the field.
0: Yeah, yeah. You follow me? Everybody's yeah, yeah.
1: trying to get to you know, that, that place and make more money. And at the end of the day, um, I believe that Trubisky missing the passes and all those things, I don't know if that's a team element or his element. Yeah. You follow yeah, me? Yeah. I don't know what happened before the game. I don't know what happened during the week. But he did miss more passes, and he was not as accurate as he usually is. I guarantee you, during this, week's of, this week of practice, they're going to put in either the type of routes that right. makes him better or the type of plays that will make him look better. But as the quarterback, and, you know, we talk about right, the importance right. of the quarterback. As the quarterback, he is that key. Yeah. And yeah. he was not the key for us the other night. Well,
0: you know, he came uh, – uh, he had been injured. And, you know, I guess you know his left shoulder is opposite from his throwing hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, still isn't 100%. But then I question – how do, how do you play a football game with 54 passes and seven running plays? I always hear, establish that running game. And here's a guy, quarterback, that was injured. Mm-hmm. So why are you having him throw 54 times? And especially with a bad opposite
1: shoulder. To well, get that's, through, that's yeah. what I'm
0: saying. And, and, and you run at seven. So does that mean that they have no confidence in their <laughs> offensive line or in their running backs? What could that thinking be? And, you know, we're talking about the Bears, but this relates to all the teams. Well, it really does. And i give an
1: example. Uh, the Cowboys played the Eagles. And the first two possessions were fumbles in the Eagles, uh, you know, the only 20, 30-yard line the Eagles. So the Cowboys basically had two free touchdowns mm-hmm. from fumbles. So you're right. It, it, each week, next week, will be completely different for your Bears. Right. You won't look the same he'll probably give the ball off to a running back more. I don't know the specifics of the of the passes, but usually when you have to throw that many passes versus a run, either there's a dominant defensive player that you can't handle, or you've gotten behind in the game to the point where you have to try to catch up.
0: Well, that's what uh, I always said, the knock on Cutler, but he was out there. Heaving the ball because he knows, you know, the defense when he played was, was not good. Yeah. And, you know, he knew that once he leaves the field, the other team is probably going to score, score again. That's right. So, you know. Uh, uh, but, but
1: that's an interesting statement you made. Uh, in, in that locker room, the defensive players are supporting the offensive players. Okay. They're working harder on them in practice. Okay. If there's a move that you're getting beat on, uh, a sliding over or a charge and bump, they're they're putting those offensive linemen through those kinds of techniques so that they're accustomed to them and it won't happen
0: again. Well, you know, I'm watching that game and and we were out of town and I was watching the game from the hotel room, mm-hmm. and, and all I could think of is Larry sitting there saying, "Don't worry, there's a Greyhound bus with the next wave of players." <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. When one yeah, leaves, yeah. another one is coming Yeah, to <laughs> and there's going to be
0: some guys exiting, you know, you know, from here. Well, now. Give me your perspective. I know you played for the New York Giants, but I know you're a big Dallas Cowboy fan. <laughs> well,
1: they are the number one brand in the world. Yeah, so. uh, here we go.
0: Here we go. Um, uh, <laughs> um, the Cowboys, 3-0, and 3-3, now 4-3. and It's always such an up and down. Is Garrett's job safe? Is he part of the reason that the Cowboys... Are like this or did the Cowboys win three games against in the beginning against lesser teams lost to three good teams and then beat the lesser team again where are we well
1: you know the Cowboys um, are playing in a division NFC East that I have to unfortunately say might be one of the weaker divisions in the, in the league so starting out this year Honestly, everybody projected the Cowboys or the Eagles, but especially right. the Cowboys to win the NFC East. Right, right. So that's nothing. Well, they're going to win the NFC East. Exactly. You know? Well, let's, let's, let's hope they do because a lot of the older players are saying, uh, oh, this is the Dallas Cowboys. These are the number one fans in the world. It's the largest brand in the world. Do you have to be motivated to win? Because see, uh, what the Eagles coach said, uh, you know about we are going down there to win this game. Right. A lot of people felt that that wasn't right. Even some of his people felt. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Right. Because all that did was fire somebody up, and it right. fired them up. You could tell that they were ready to play. Well, some of the older players think though. Why is it that you got to fire somebody up to win? Well, you're a Dallas Cowboy.
0: You're supposed to go out to win every time. That's what I was. Uh, that's what I was going to say and and ask you about when. You know, when, when you go into the backyard, if you and I went in the back here and played basketball, mm-hmm. we wouldn't need any motivation to try to beat each other. You know what no, I'm saying? No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> We
1: start off from that point. <laughs> yeah, that's what I
0: mean. So, you know, when I hear about, you know, the clipping on the, uh, you know, on the bulletin board that got somebody fired up, what? A professional athlete isn't fired up? I mean, the kid on the street is fired up. That's the exact same
1: thing that the Dallas Cowboys veterans are saying.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And especially when they say that, you know, John Nyland said the difference in yeah. <laughs> the old cowboy and the young cowboy Super Bowl ring. Well, yeah, John
0: <laughs> John Nyland, I loved it. When we interviewed him, you know, uh, he looks at me and goes, you know, what do you call a cowboy that's been to the Super Bowl? And the answer is, Old. old. <laughs> That's right. That's a great line. A yeah,
1: great line. And he was not paying as much as he'd be paying now. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, I, I think that you're, you're exactly right, and you hit the nail on the head. There should not have to be, well, there should be an internal motivation every, all 16 weeks. You're getting a great salary, a much yeah, better yeah. salary than a lot of people that are supporting you guys. Yeah. and And you are... The number one brand the number one sports brand in the world at 4.8 Larry, billion I, I
0: can't believe any professional athlete is in psyched for the next game especially in football because they got a week all they're doing is thinking about that next team the guy that they're going to be facing on the field one-on-one you know how are they not fired up
1: thank you 16 and look, look at baseball 100 plus 90 yeah
0: plus, yeah you know, basketball 100 plus Sixteen games. You have to focus. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, now let me ask you another question about the Cowboys. As you always say, the biggest brand in the world. You know, uh, <clears throat> the most expensive franchise. Uh, extremely popular. Why is it a guy like John Nyland, who is an offensive guard? Even though he says everything in the uh, Dallas North Forty was true, yeah, that's true. Um, um, and Ed Too Tall Jones, why aren't they in the Hall of Fame?
1: Oh, that's a boy! You got some great questions today, because <laughs> you know we want Too in there. You know, you know our relationship in Southern right. Island as well. Um, I don't really know why they're not in the Hall of Fame. I think that I know that the type of statistics. And two tall had just from block passes were were not being kept in our day. Right, Those right. numbers weren't there, so that might be
0: it. Just the intimidation factor on the field. Just just what everybody had to do to prepare for the Cowboys. Like you, before we went on, you were saying now they're double teaming Khalil Mack everywhere on the Bears right. to lessen him. What did they go through with that Too Tall Jones when he played? Thank you. I mean, you know, that's not going to show up in the stats, but how important to the team is he that the other team has to focus on him? I agree. I think he should be
1: in the Hall of Fame. We're working hard as a union to try to create as much visibility as we can for him.
0: Well, once you get him in, we want to go after John. Well, we definitely we get him will. In.
1: We definitely will. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, those old those, – Historical Cowboy teams had a lot of good athletes. Oh, yeah. They were, they were tight. They were a team in the locker room and on the field. Um, all the teams, no matter what the Cowboys record was, all the teams, when you come to play Dallas Cowboys, you want to beat them. Right, right. Now, I heard... They want to beat any
0: team, though. It gets uh, back to what we were saying. That's true. That's but I true. understand the Cowboys. That's true. Go ahead.
1: But I, I was uh, one of my friends told me a statistic that we need to check out to see if this is correct or not. But he said that the year that the Cowboys were 1-15, to show right. you how right. balance is in the NFL, right. the year they went 1-15, the only victory they had
0: was on the Redskins who won the Super Bowl that year. Well, you know, it, it, but, but you know, th- what that always says to me on any given day, you know, somebody can beat somebody, uh-huh. but I always say you have, the Cowboys are the worst team in football that year, and everybody on that team was a superstar their whole life. Right. So, right. You, you, you know what I mean? So, yeah. as a team you're having, you know, who knows what the reasoning is. It could be coaching, it could be a lot of things, but you're still dealing with superstars. Yeah and there's no reason why they couldn't win. I mean, you see that all the time though in sports where you know, there's upsets. You, you know, LeBron James teams have lost to some bad teams you know, just during the course of the regular season. Well, a lot of times too, you know,
1: when we go out to the star, especially the older players, right. um, we see how uh, the locker room looks and where they eat, and right, right. where they hold their meetings. And, Everything is beautiful and, and clean and new, yeah, yeah. air conditioned, right? Yeah, right yeah. and so that does create an environment for players. You know, if they could see, they could have seen or been in the environments and and you know when the players in our day were playing, it's nowhere near the type of modern stadium where they play, where they practice.
0: All right, Larry.
1: Where, where the Cowboys practice, when they practice, they come out and the guys already have their cars waiting on them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so this, this is boy.
0: All right. So, when I was in high school, okay. we'd go to the old Chicago Stadium to watch the Bulls or the Blackhawks. And um, it wasn't the best neighborhood at the time. That's on the west side. Isn't it? On the west side of Chicago, <laughs> there. Right it was not the best neighborhood. And so, um, uh, I would go with a buddy of mine, or buddies, and we'd go down there. My dad would tell me, you know, be very careful. I'll never forget it. One time, my dad said, "If your tires are missing, drive home on the rims." <laughs> you know, it was it was just bad. Um, it's much better now. You know, thank goodness. You know, uh, uh, but it was bad when I was a kid. That area. You'd go in there, you'd get your soft drink, and they'd put a piece of cellophane on top of it with a dirty green rubber band. The guy would have a million rubber bands on his arms, and that would be your lid. I, I remember that, and then we'd go into our seats, and, and then all the railings, the paint was peeled. It was a mess, yeah. and we were thrilled to be there. Jump to now, <clears throat> this buddy of mine that I am talking about that I grew up with happens to live in the Dallas area, too. So we, um, I got some tickets, and we went to a, a, a Stars hockey game, Okay, they were playing the Blackhawks. So, and... I got these tickets uh, from a client, and um, they're very good seats. And we go there. What I didn't know is that they came with the fancy parking lot across the way. And then I walk into the door there, the special door that we had to go through, and I'm in this, like, huge ballroom. This is at the, you know, American Airlines Center. Uh And they're serving dinner. And they're cutting the guys, cutting the roast beef and all kinds of stuff. And my son Jordan goes off to go get, he's standing in line getting macaroni and cheese, you know, a typical kid thing. And I yell across to him and, uh, Jordan, are you doing all right? He goes, oh yeah, dad, no problem, I'm great. you know. And I'm standing there and they're slicing roast beef on my plate and I look at my buddy and I start laughing. He goes, what's the matter? I said, Bob, do you remember what it was like when we went to the games when we were a kid? He goes, yeah, it's a little bit different now. Yeah. I said, yeah. I said, Jordan thinks this is how it's supposed That's to
1: right. be. That's right.
0: That's right. You, you know what I mean? That's it's right. a very different world for it these is. games now. It is. And for all the, the money fans have, and for the players. Yeah, you know, yeah. the, the tickets were, you know, over $100 a ticket on the thing. You know, when we went, when we were kids, they were like 75 cents. That's right. You know, and people think I'm lying, but I'm not. Because I, I still have a, a scorecard from a Cubs game when we were a kid. And the cost was 75 cents? 75 cents for the ticket. <laughs> it good. was a dime for the hot dog. I'll never forget this. And uh, uh, my dad, to go to the baseball games, would give me two bucks. And that would be riding the L and buying the ticket and my food, and I'd bring them change. Wow. Yeah, And, that, and, now and since you're my dollars. age, <laughs> the same. it was the same price, so you That's can't the, say anything. I was just in the country and you were in the city. See? Yeah. So, now, so now let me ask you one other thing. I don't know why I told that. You know, forgive me for telling that long story, but it kind of is interesting to me. It's a good story, and it yeah.
1: compares, though. That's the comparative that we're living through as parents. Right, right, <laughs> That's right. right.
0: <clears throat> All right, so <clears throat> the Dallas Cowboys, little known fact. Got to be the franchise they are. This will make you happy because of a New York Giant. Did you know that? I didn't. Do you Um, want to guess what New York Giant made the Dallas Cowboys what they are today? um, You're going to kick yourself when I tell you. And it wasn't Tom Landry. Yes, it was. Okay, that's who I, okay, because yeah. he was a defensive back with the Giants. Yeah.
1: In fact, in the in, in the Giants Stadium.
0: If you didn't get that, I would have whacked you. I mean,
1: really, <laughs> come on. Glad, you know, I'm, I'm a little slow. I'm in the, yeah. okay. No, i do not going to do go no. that one. No, I don't have to do that. <laughs> you know, I've hit my hand. Yeah. A yeah. Small, oh, here we size. go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Tom. In fact, I think I shared with you that Tom's picture, man, is all over. The Giants uh, sure. meeting
0: rooms and stuff. Of and, course it yeah, is. Because yeah. look what Tom Landry went and became <laughs> after true. he was a New York Giant. <laughs> yeah, that's true. that's you know, true. You know, the next time uh, uh, we do a podcast, I want you to bring in your football helmet. Okay. When you play with the Giants. Definitely it will. looks like the helmets that we bought when we were kids at Sears. That's true. <laughs> with the strap... The strap. Well, it's the just the little foam rubber patches everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, on the inside. And,
1: and 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 the objective in practice was to hit with the face and with
0: yeah. the heads. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. You know, yeah. The times works. have changed, thankfully. Yeah, it has. You, you know, right. um, there was something else that I wanted to say about that helmet, and I can't remember what it was. But that was really uh, when I first saw that helmet. <laughs> I, oh, that's what I wanted to say. And Larry stole that helmet. <laughs> Stole it. I don't know if you're past the uh, limitation true, time, but Larry stole the helmet from the New York Giants. So if they're still missing it, tell me that story. Why'd well, you steal that? Well, well, you know, I wanted to have a, me- a memoir. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And they didn't let you guys take your equipment? No, we couldn't take it. What did
1: equipment? they do with it? Um, sometimes they washed it, but <laughs> not every time. But they would keep it and then use it for whoever the next players were.
0: You're kidding me. Yeah, so I did steal it. It's I diff- apologize, but I did steal it. It's a different <laughs> it's a different world. It no, is. I'm glad you did because we've used it on the set of your T V show, The Extra Point. That's true. You know, but next time I want you to bring it in so we can look. All right, man. Will. That's it for today. Let's do this sooner than later. Well, honestly, you know, we did pretty good not to have any notes or anything. You were respectful. Really we, we actually didn't even have a note of what to talk about today. And that's why there's so much to talk about. It's so good to yeah. see you. All right, man. I'm be good. Glad to see be back on schedule. All right. Take care. All right. See you soon. All right.